Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I am your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Very excited to have a guest on our show today, Tarun Gupta. How's it going? I'm doing great, Jean. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited you're here. And our uh, my first question that I always like to ask our guests is, you know, to put a little bit of context for our audiences, is tell us a little bit about your background and then how you ended up where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a classically trained engineer. I have, a, I have a bachelor's of science in electrical engineering with a focus on communications from the University of Virginia back many, many years ago when it was uh, much, much easier to get an engineering degree than it is now. So I've been involved in telecom sort of my whole career. So I was, I was involved with microwave wireless communication design and implementation. I was involved in the first PCS build out here in California where we had the largest PCS build out in, in the mid 90s, which was across Northern and Southern California, as well as Nevada. I've been involved with cell site backhaul, cellular systems. I was involved with Google Fiber, as an example, rolling out gigabit fiber to homes across the country, really helping to pioneer high speed communications for, for residential services. And then most recently, I was part of the Google Assistant team doing, you know, the the, the AI program, the Google Assistant, the Hey Google sort of program here. And then now I'm at Skylo where we're bringing communications to enterprises and consumers on a narrowband basis globally. Awesome. So tell me a little, about, a little bit about Skylo and what is the problem that Skylo is solving? Right on. So we are a network service provider. You should think of us as an AT&T, a Verizon, a T-Mobile or equivalent, except our difference is we don't use a terrestrial or a land-based network. We do something over space. So the reason that's important is because we're not trying to take away your cellular connectivity. We're augmenting cellular connectivity with, with non-terrestrial or NTN communication. So N NTN is a fancy word for satellite, frankly, in that regard. And so, you know, if you think about the use case of you hiking or out skiing or mountain biking or whatever people do on the outdoors, there are plenty of times when you don't have coverage. So we are that network that you'll fall off, you know, fall onto from your cellular network when it's not, when you don't have coverage for locations, for maps, for messaging, for SOS and things like that. So we're that network provider that works through your mobile operator to help augment the coverage. So anytime I might be like off the grid in the mountains of Colorado, <laughs> you guys would be the ones to help me send a text message. Yeah, we, we're the network behind the network, right? So we would be like, we'd partner with an AT&T or Verizon, let, let's just say in the US here or anyone. And we would, you would still maintain your relationship with your primary cell provider. And we would be the network that when you're mountain biking, let's say, or when you're skiing and you wanted to text your friend and say, hey, I'm, I'm at the top of this run, come meet me. Or at the bottom of this run, meet you here you know, you will be able to text that out when you don't have cell coverage and they'll be able to get it even if they had cell coverage or didn't and then be able to meet you there. So it's really that low band communication through your mobile network operator to, to allow that, that communication kind of everywhere you are. 
So is that similar to like a Starlink? Absolutely. So no, I think there's yes and no. Starlink requires you. So first of all, Starlink is a high speed device, meaning it's a high, it's a broadband network, which means it's meant for home internet or business internet out in rural areas. But the other difference with Starlink is you have to buy a separate device. So when you talk about Starlink, it's like you have to buy a, an antenna, which is the size of a pizza box or, or larger. You have to plug something into your wall. You have to make it and makes a little Wi-Fi connection around you. That's not really practical when you're out skiing because you'd have to carry a Starlink on your back, as an example, and find some way to plug it in. What we're doing is taking your existing device. So it's an existing cellular device. And you, if, it, if it's a compatible device with this, this cellular protocol that we have, you're allowed to communicate. So we're, not, we're taking your existing device using existing satellites that are already out there and being able to provide a low speed, you know, a narrow band connection. Starlink is a new device, new satellites, and it's a broadband connection. So you should think about this as Apple iPhone 14 launched that SOS service. You should have something similar to that, where your existing device does cellular communication, does, uh, does satellite communications, but it's a very limited, you know, very, very targeted type of application set. And so you're primarily working with telecommunication companies like AT&T or Mobile? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. So we basically have two paths to market here. The first path to market is through mobile operators. So when you think about an AT&T Verizon, they have two halves of their business. First half of their business is their consumer side, which is, again, the, the, the phone, the watches, the wearables, that whole consumer aspect. And the second ask, the second half of their business they have is what they call IoT or enterprise. So think about truck tracking, think about your meter reading, think about you know tracking street lights or tracking whatever they're doing. So tracking trains as an example. So they have a huge enterprise business which is centered around connectivity, but not just cell phones. So it's around machine to machine communications. You know, hey, when does my Coke machine out of Coca Cola, as an example, notify somebody back to go restock it? So we help the mobile operators augment their network without having to invest any capex and then the second aspect we have is oems so oems are manufacturers of devices that sell a connectivity service with it so think about them as like you know as a company that'll sell let's say to a walmart that'll buy that'll sell a truck tracker with connectivity think about there's wearable companies out there today that'll sell you know buy my pet tracker and get 300 pings a year or something like this. So things like that where OEMs are packaging connectivity with their product, they're another customer of ours. And what we're finding is that it's pretty interesting because a lot of OEMs are wanting to get closer to the customer and offer this bundled service of a device plus connectivity. So we're finding, frankly, a lot more interest from OEMs than I had expected originally. Well, that's fantastic news. So that was going to actually lead into my next question. OEMs and Looks like you guys just moved into a new office space. Share a little bit of some of your wins recently, besides, you know, moving into a new office space and finding new potential clients. <laughs> no, no, that's a great question. I mean, moving moving was all was a bit of a challenge just due to everything going on. And the good news is like good news, bad news, I guess. There's a lot of empty office space these days. And we had we had our, our pick on some things, but we had some special requirements. So we're excited, we're excited. We're growing as a company still. We're growing revenue, we're growing people, we're growing locations. You know, we are now, we, we now have a presence in, I think, across three continents now. We have major centers here in the U.S. We have a major center in India. We have a major center in, in Finland, as an example. But some of our wins are, we had an announcement today, even with Qualcomm. So Qualcomm is, has announced and has launched their AWARE platform, which is a visibility and connectivity platform 
for Qualcomm devices and chipsets for their IoT customers. So we've announced a tremendous partnership with it, with them that we're really excited because Qualcomm, frankly, is if you're in the telecom business, you're dealing with Qualcomm. They're in the center of everything in terms of chipsets, in terms of you know IP, in terms of being on the leading edge, in terms of, you know in terms of what they're what they're able to do. So really, really excited about that. We've launched recently with Bullet Motorola, which is a smart, which is the you know a a smartphone that does two-way text messaging as well as SOS and location sharing. So we've launched with them and we're really, really excited with them. We've done, uh, we've announced four mobile virtual network operator partnerships, which are focused on IoT only. So really happy about how those partnerships are going and how they're able to, they're able to solve and help their customers. And then we've gotten relationships with four different chipset manufacturers. So these four chipset manufacturers for this type of protocol represent about 80, 90% of that uh, chipset market. So we're really excited around those chipset vendor or those chipset manufacturers really adopting the Skylo technology, adopting our vision and making sure that 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 the standards that we've adopted are into their chipsets so they can be put into every single device that uh, that are manufactured. Gotcha. Now that's that's really exciting news and congratulations on all of that success that you've experienced recently. So um just uh, switching subjects a little bit, we were talking yeah. about this offline before the podcast. So yeah. the, the biggest topic these days is AI. And so how yeah. is AI impacting your business or is it maybe not impacting your business at all? Or how have things changed over the last, I don't know, let's say six months to 12 months? And has that had much of an impact on your on Skylo? It's interesting because when you look at what people are doing with AI and ML and those things is they want more data to be able to use to make better decisions about their information and their assets and and how they how they want to optimize or you know increase revenue or decrease costs. What we what we find is that you know no problem when they use the when they're at home they can use the Wi-Fi network when they're outside they can use the cellular network but there's a lot more cases that people think where where connectivity doesn't cellular doesn't exist. So by bringing satellite communications or NTN in conjunction with cellular and in conjunction with Wi-Fi, we're finding that there's much more data that can be gathered, much more data points, much more information, and therefore much more analytics that can be can be brought onto the their platforms. We ran across a company, I ran across a company a couple of weeks ago where they are they're doing cattle tracking as exa- as an example. And in this cattle tracking, you know, as you can imagine, there are large acres of land, no people are present. And therefore, it doesn't really make sense to put a cell site out to cover cows. However, what they're saying is if they can use the satellite connectivity to connect their cattle, they know where they are, they can check their health, they can check, you know, the if they're if they're fed, if they're not fed, they can check check the height, you know, how uh, how 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 good or how nutritional the grass is, and so make better business decisions for them. Even create virtual fences, you know, remotely, two thousand miles away from their iPad, as an example. So we're finding a, a huge host of cases. I mean, all being anchored around the access and the accessibility to data, which is really driving a lot of business decisions for our customers and and frankly their customers as well. That, I did not think agriculture would be one where you would give an example with AI. Double <laughs> <laughs> unexpected. Delighted to hear about did that. You know, if you would have asked me six months ago, I would have helped definitely have joined your club. But now, like. It's really amazing. Like it's not really AI related, but we've been reached out to for remote payments as an example. So when we see this growing health trend around farm to table or whatnot, we're seeing people that can actually buy 
from a farm that doesn't have Wi-Fi or cellular connectivity directly from a new a new point of sale terminal that's connected over satellite. So it's you know 100% secure. It's a low bit rate type of solution. It takes the data, ingests it, and you're able to to process payments right away. So look, I I think I think to me having NTN is kind of where cellular was 20 years ago, where it was at the 1.0 phase. I think we're kind of at that 1.0 phase of NTN and. I'm just frankly excited and and amazed to see what will come in the next uh, couple of years even. Yes, I'm excited too. I mean, what are your predictions for uh, the industry? Where do you think AI is going to be with your industry specifically? I mean, right now we're talking about tracking cattle. And <laughs> Where else do you think this can go? I mean, I'll give you two other examples here. One is look at um, supply chain. So by knowing where your package is, you'll get a lot more insights as to when that package will be delivered. So we're finding in the logistics space, people are moving from tracking the container to tracking the pallet to tracking the package, right? And so as you get that granularity, you're able to understand kind of where each package is in the system, where some of the delays are and kind of what's happening. A, a second example that I'm that a friend of mine and I were talking about actually last week was one of the major discount tire tire outlets is using this type of data to understand, hey, what kind of cars take the longest to maintain? Do we need to train our workers more better if they're taking, you know, if they're taking above average time to sort of do a service on a vehicle? What kind of tires are being used the most? What kind of, you know, systems that they need to, need, in their plate, need to put into place to be more efficient? So I'm finding tremendous amount of applications in, in you know, just in, again, verticals I hadn't expected. And then the other one that I'm finding is, Energy. Energy is huge for us because, you know, when you think about, you know, climate change and and overhead power lines and as they may cause issues if they fall down, being able to monitor and control remote power lines is key. And by having, you know, a single device that you could just put up anywhere that has whether in cellular or out of cellular and it works is huge. And it gives these utility companies tremendous insights as to the load on the lines or is a pole you know, tilting by more than five degrees? Is it ready to fall? Has it fallen? What's going on? So therefore, utilities can take a much, much more rapid approach to shutting down a line or addressing issues before they occur. Great. So that that's this is what you think it's going to be happening over the next several years as it comes to your, your industry specifically? Yeah, I, I, think, I think a couple of years is frankly a long time. We're seeing these things happen today. Right now. I mean, I mean it, it's, it's really exciting around how people are taking advantage of these low cost, low speed, high availability devices that weren't there even a year and a half, two years ago. Awesome. And what about thinking far further out, let's say three to five years? I think, um, I think uh, you know, the way I think about it is looking, breaking this into two halves. One is the consumer half and one is the IoT enterprise half. So on the IoT enterprise half, I think what will happen is you'll see a lot more of these sensors put in for, again, things like agriculture, things like energy, things like logistics. So I think you'll find just a lot more data visibility. So, you know, analogous to how some of the delivery trucks don't make left turns because it takes too much gas, only make right turns. I think you'll start to see a lot more insights around this, around optimization and basically better better flow of, of, in, of information as well as business operations. On the consumer side, I'll be shocked, frankly, if in the next Within the next three years, anyone can buy a high-end smartphone that doesn't have satellite capabilities built in. You may not choose to use it, 
because of economics or other reasons, but I guarantee you that every smartphone that is a high-end smartphone will have satellite connectivity as an option, just because people are gonna want the service. I mean, there's no reason in my mind that, again, if you're out skiing or hiking or wherever you are, there's a lot of pockets of no connectivity. And this is after 40 years of the cell site, in the cellular industry being, you know, continuing to deploy and optimize. So I, I think those holes will continue to exist and, and you'll want to have that connectivity when you need it. Awesome. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation to talk about those little pockets of connectivity that we, we haven't had recently and that we're yeah. that are changing now and and how the applications are happening now and where they could be in the near future. From agriculture to yeah. to payments to yeah. power lines, right? I mean, it's okay. applicable across all kinds of industries. So Great to hear that. So last question I have is how can our audience get in touch with you or Skylo and to get more information? Sure. I mean, I think the easiest way is through the website. I mean, just go to skylo.tech, S-K-Y-L-O dot T-E-C-H, and you can find us there. Again, we have the info ad. We have a bunch of information on the website. We have several blogs. We have several case studies, announcements that are out there. So the website's probably the easiest. And, you know, and if that doesn't work out, feel free to reach out to me directly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tarun. That was a great conversation. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thank you, Gene. I really appreciate having me.